Oh, shit. It's the mailbag. One real piece of mail. Three guys talking about it. John, do you have the mail? I don't have the mail. I brought the Do you have the mail? I do. (laughs) Wow. He really does have the mail. Actually opening an envelope. Yeah, it's It's a a bill. bill. Yeah, no, you got me. (laughs) It's a prop. Luke in New York asks, in Superflex, Patrick Mahomes' value as a fantasy asset has been deemed by you guys impossible to define. But we all know that every player has their price to a good manager. What would be your selling rate if Mahomes was on your team? Does this return of two firsts, a serviceable quarterback, and a high-end prospect get it done? So obviously we're talking about two QB here, and we're talking two firsts, a serviceable quarterback, and a high-end prospect. So let's try and think about that a little bit closer. So when I, when you say two firsts, if it's Mahomes, I'm going to have to assume those are two early firsts because I'm not, I'm not moving Mahomes for late firsts. Let's say a serviceable quarterback is Kirk Cousins and a prospect that I'm looking forward to, maybe Devontae Smith. What about you, Trey? Would that get it done for you? Would you move Mahomes for all that? So I guess when it comes to draft picks, uh, I never really put too much stake in early, mid, and late first, just because, you know, things change all the time and, and fantasy football is super random. So, you know, I, I tend to discount that a lot in how I value picks. So uh, first is a first to me, and uh, but the package you described is not enough for me uh, to get that deal done. I mean, Pat Mahomes is the quarterback number one for a reason. It's because he is basically guaranteed in that system and with his talent to be a top three quarterback every single year and always in that number one discussion just based on his volume and skill set and, you know, his ability to just perform way above, uh, you know, average, right? Like he's just like his touchdown rate is just through the roof every year. So, um, but I don't think the package is like all that far off. So if that quarterback was maybe like more of a top 10, maybe somebody like Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow, then I think that might be enough. Uh, or if they bumped up that to three firsts with Cousins and Smith, I think that would probably be enough for me. Yeah, and I guess what gets it done for me is I think I need somebody on that tier one in return. So if Saquon or like Jonathan Taylor are included in a conversation with Mahomes, I'm probably going to be more interested in listening to the person trying to buy Mahomes from me, but I'm not likely to take any package unless it is just like, you know, it's something that I can't resist turning down. And that would include a top tier guy. The first, uh, yeah, like Trey said, maybe three, but that's just getting, that's just getting a little crazy. So serviceable quarterback, I, I, I think I'd want somebody like Tannehill in return. So uh, I don't know. It's expensive. I guess that's the point here. It's like if I'm if I if I have Mahomes on my team, getting a package that seems like fair value isn't going to move the needle for me. Right. Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be on my squad for the next 10 years. Like it's got to be a pretty clear overpay. And the package that was described doesn't seem like a clear overpay to me. So I'd probably be looking for a little bit more or I just say, you know what? I'm happy to keep him on my squad because, you know, that didn't move the needle for me. I saw something on Twitter earlier today. I didn't catch who uh, said it, but they were talking about uh, uh, how two nickels doesn't equal a dime. Mm. And that's exactly what we're looking at here. Like it needs to be like uh, pieces that are worth a lot more in aggregate than Pat Mahomes itself to make the deal worth it. All right. Well, today's going to be all about reaching consensus. And it sounds like we've done that. So (laughs) thank you. 
thank you for uh, the mailbag question. I like that little that little segment there. Let's drop the beat. What the fuck is going on, everybody? This is the Long Game Dynasty podcast. As always, I'm John Alexander. I'm Mitch Yates. And I'm Trey Cran. And, um, well, where the fuck is Tarek? <laughs> You're right. He wasn't there in the mailbag section. What happened what, to him? What it? What's going on here? I think he just left Charleston. I think he's on a plane back to Boston. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not <laughs> sure where he's at, guys. He... When in doubt, probably on a plane to Boston. Yeah. I think he said he's gambling. No clue. Whereabouts unknown. Uh, but we we are going to try and not completely ruin this episode without our normal host. We love you, Tarek. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Uh, but today, we're going to do a couple things here. It's the beginning of training camp, and we've got a whole bunch of news and notes we want to quickly go through. And then Something I've been looking forward to is this uh, Superflex mock draft that we've been plotting for a while. We went through every single team, every single player in the NFL just about to talk about uh, their fantasy value. And now we get to put our uh, knowledge to the test. We're going to try and draft a Superflex winner, not just a team, a winner. But let's talk about the news first here. So I guess the big one is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. He's back. Oh, he's definitely back. He's back. And uh, you know what? In a in a dynasty startup not too long ago, I got him in the sixth round. Uh, I don't. I get the feeling that now that we know he's back, he's going a little bit earlier. Where are we taking Aaron Rodgers in a dynasty startup right now? Well, let's not forget he's pretty old, and we're still playing dynasty. So That's right. they're also posting things about the the last dance and wanting to get out of there. And I mean, if he wins the Super Bowl, maybe maybe he just leaves. But uh, the prospect of him going to Denver next year, as they're talking about, too, on Twitter is definitely an exciting thing. I look at those weapons. So uh, maybe maybe a fourth. I don't know if I'm going any higher than a fourth. I think a fourth, a late fourth, early fifth sounds right to me, too. I had him in the same range as uh, Jalen Hurts before. And there's I was definitely fading him a little bit more than that just because of the risk of like him potentially retiring and not playing. But now that we know we get another full season of Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he was a top three quarterback just a year ago. Uh, so we know that's in his range of outcomes. So, yeah, put him in in that end of the fourth round, beginning of the fifth. That's about the 13th, 14th quarterback off the board. I just get that feeling, though, that he's going to go in the third. I think that people are going to start buying into this hype right now. They're going to eat it up and... If we're advising people to take him in the fourth and that's where we would take him, I don't think that's on the table, at least currently, not at this juncture. Yeah, maybe so. I think it's an important question that people are going to have to ask themselves. Am I comfortable with Aaron Rodgers as my QB1 right now? And it sounds like we're all pretty comfortable with him as our QB2, but uh, that's a lot of commitment for QB1. But you know what? It's a question we're going to have to answer in just a little bit here when we do this mock draft because he might be on the board waiting for us. Uh, Let's get into some of this other stuff here. We've got... Uh, a, little, a few days ago, uh, Michael New- Michael Thomas, uh, he is starting. He just, I guess, he just had surgery back in June. He waited on it, and now he's not going to be back for a few weeks. Uh, this is pretty big, pretty big red flag for me. Uh, you know, I, I had him in my top ten, and I've kicked him down to wide receiver sixteen in my dynasty rankings because 
you know what? If you if you can't play him, you're certainly not going to be able to win with him. So has this Michael Thomas news about the surgery and not being available till maybe November, December even, uh, has that changed your ranking of Michael Thomas in your dynasty rankings right now? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I mean, he with his age, we're only getting so many more years of Michael Thomas. And honestly, I mean, this it, it does more to his perceived value than it does to his value on the field, but it could also impact his value on the field, right? He may never come back and be as effective as the wide receiver one, which he was just, you know, two years ago. So um, <laughs> I've got him all the way down in like the 26 range behind, Ooh, uh, spicy. yeah, behind Robert Woods. And uh, I'm, I'm doing another startup here on the side with, uh, with a couple of uh, friends. And uh, I, I, I passed on MT for uh, Robert Woods because I, I am trying to be more competitive in year one. And uh, I can't sit around and uh, wait for him to come back from this injury to, you know, potentially a, a Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill led offense. Good point. What about you, Mitch? What's what's your feelings on Michael Thomas right now? Well, I was notoriously low on him beforehand. I He was already at 21 for me, and this put him to 36, which I, I guess I'm nuking him, <laughs> but... You know, at the same time, I'm worried about maybe he maybe he hit that cliff. Like he tried to play through this last year. Yeah. And maybe I don't know. I this this is just a really big red flag that he waited. Seems really stupid. And from what from what I read, he blew off the doctor or the follow up visit or something. Like that's I don't know that that's just too much for me. And. The, the reason he's at 36 specifically is because as I was going through my ranks, I was going through, would I take this guy ahead of him in a, in a startup? And every time I was like, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Right. Yeah, I would. Exactly. And then that's where he fell, 36. And like, I, I guess it's just too much risk at this point for me. Well, and that's exactly what I was saying, Mitch, my, my, with my problem being around his perceived value. Like it, it'll never reach the same point as his potential value on the field because he's now deemed as this guy with just this like long-term injury history over the last two seasons. And even if he does come back and play healthy, I think we're all of us are going to be fading him going into next year into his age, you know, 29, 30 season. So uh, yeah, I, I think where you have him is uh, that's pretty low, but it's reasonable given uh, the fact that we're going to you know be without him for at least like the first half of this year. Well, it's painful for me to admit because I did draft him in March 2020 in the as the fifth overall pick. Uh, so, Oof. yeah, uh, but you know what? The, now that I think about it, I wouldn't feel comfortable having him as anything but my wide receiver three. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to be relying on him as my wide receiver one or wide receiver two at this point. If he's my wide receiver three, that's probably the right value. So maybe you guys are right, and I just need to deal with it. Uh, <laughs> revising rankings as we go. It's, acceptance. acceptance is a process, buddy. Let's talk about some other ones that maybe aren't as exciting. So Anthony Miller to the Texans, uh, which was the prelude to Randall Cobb to Green Bay. Those things are both official now. Uh, does, do either of those moves move the needle for you, either of you at all? Not really, man. I mean, Anthony Miller to me was already like done uh, basically on that Chicago offense. Uh, and that's a better situation than what he's going to in Houston. So uh, no, I mean, it, I, I'm not chasing either of these guys at this point. Randall Cobb was wide receiver one, uh, not overall, but in the wide receiver one tier in 2014. So Mitch, could it happen again seven years later? Nah, dog. 
No way. Um, <laughs> I, I do think it is interesting that that was some sort of weird Aaron Rodgers leverage that he was like, look, man, I'll do it. But like, I got one condition and it's Randall fucking Cobb. Like, I think all of us were taken a bit off guard by that. But, you know, good on him. I, I saw him, Randall Cobb, I mean, get picked up in every single dynasty league that I am in. And I may or may not have picked him up in a couple of them. Just, oh my you know, gosh. what are you but what are you trying to get out of that? I mean, are you do you think he's going to be like a Cole Beasley type, like a, a bi week fill in? Uh, I don't even think Cole Beasley's gonna be uh, filling in for anything this year. No, but, but what he gave yeah. us in the last two years. Oh, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I I don't think he's gonna be shit. I just think he was better than the guy that I had at the bottom of my roster and uh, got a case of the fuckets. Yeah. Well, we all we all know the vo- the value of roster space, but if you if you want to fill a couple of those holes, then I guess Anthony Miller and Randall Cobb. Why the hell not? Right. Well, and and to me, I think this is interesting for Amari Rogers' value. I think this was a rookie who was. Getting Getting some pretty good hype and uh, some of the initial training camp uh, buzz coming out of Green Bay. And uh, it seems like he's going to kind of fit into like a Mecole Hardman or Debo Samuel role. Like he'll probably return kicks. Uh, he might get some work out of the backfield, getting some swing passes and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, Randall Cobb is definitely going to cut into his year one opportunity, which as we know, like that's going to, you know, project or like hurt his projections long term. And then, of course, Rodgers might not even be there the next year, which may even further injure those prospects. So, yeah, still still low on him. Yeah, Mitch is notorious for uh, not pumping up the Rodgers Rogers connection. Right. Uh, which seems like a missed marketing opportunity, but now we'll never know. I hate it, dude. <laughs> Let's go on to uh, some potentially interesting news. So all of the uh, major names in the first round have signed except for one as of uh, recording here on the 28th zach wilson still has the number two overall pick has not signed with the jets yet wilson. um the rumor is he's been too busy with his mom getting back to school supplies at the target uh but i don't know there's um in all seriousness there uh the jets seem to have some uh, or i guess zach wilson has some objection to some of the language in the contract regarding if he gets cut how much guaranteed money he gets kind of think of what happened to dame haskins Dwayne Haskins, I'm sorry. Dane. Dane Haskins. Dwayne <laughs> Haskins gets cut. Uh, not to say that that's going to happen to Zach Wilson, but it's within the realm of possibilities. So is this something we should be concerned about? The fact that he's missed day one of training camp and he's still not signed. I'd say it's pretty annoying. It's There's always somebody and every year, and it just so happens to be a quarterback in a new system with a bunch of new pieces that we have been getting hyped up about. And now we have to take that moment and be like, oh, great, because now this offense is starting with two unknown quarterbacks. They don't even have a veteran in there. Like it's the Jets being the Jets. This is classic shit. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. So, I mean, so first initial thought is this doesn't really bother me because this does happen every year. And I think uh, Nick Bosa was the latest uh, uh, case study of this. Uh getting into an argument over offset language uh, in training camp with the Chargers. And uh, uh, he did just fine once they eventually got his contract in place. So uh, I think Zach Wilson is doing the right thing here, sticking up for himself. Uh, the Jets apparently are being the Jets and and Jets in this up, uh, which uh, is not an encouraging sign for the rest of the outlook of that team. But uh, I think this deal gets done before the season and this does not impact uh, his week one playing time. So not a big deal, but certainly something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on. All right. The last one I wrote down, 
was uh, Joe Burrow and OBJ. They are not starting training camp on the PUP. Uh, this seems significant to me because ACL for Joe Burrow, he totally busted his knee and OBJ uh, recovering and both of them healthy at the start of training camp. That's something that we weren't expecting to happen. Uh, what does this mean for the Bengals? Uh, what does this mean for the way that we should be viewing both those players? Yeah, I think it's it's great news for both these guys. Uh, both of them are you know coming with uh, significant injury discounts right now. If uh, if Burrow didn't get hurt, we'd be talking about him in the same range as uh, Justin Herbert right now. And uh, you know, I was really low on OBJ when we uh, first started doing the pod a few months ago, and uh, I just just picked him in a startup because he's you know, <laughs> he was sticking around until the eighth ninth round. So uh, right. I mean, at that value with that, at that discount, you know, why not take a flyer on them? So, uh, yeah, there's some big injury discounts on these guys, and this is great news for, uh, their 2021 outlook. It's definitely an encouraging sign too, for the Bengals offense. Uh, like it's an exciting offense to have a piece in and you want to know that the guy throwing the ball is there and he is so stoked about that. OBJ, this is his last opportunity, as I've mentioned before, so Coming in off the PUP list. Love that. Love to see it. All right. Were there any other news and notes that you all caught wind of that you thought were worth mentioning uh, before we get to the meat and potatoes here? Uh, Devontae Parker, PUP. It's a uh, waddle season, baby. No, not yeah, really. So, like, oh, how many, they've got, like, what, one wide receiver for week one. Will Fuller is suspended. So I guess Jalen Waddle's going to be the one guy running routes, right? I guess. Well, apparently uh, there's Tua got hyped up today because he threw a touchdown 60 yards to Albert Wilson, who nice, I learned dude. today was still on the roster. So there you go. I, he held out last season, I think. So I guess he's back. Albert Wilson season. You heard it here first. <laughs> all right. Well, if it's all right with y'all, I think uh, we we should get we should probably get the show started here. Uh, thank you for indulging us on the news and notes here. Uh, so, what are we doing today? We have been planning this for some time. We're going to do a super flex mock draft. Uh, we're going to be running this thing through Sleeper. So, thank you, Sleeper. We are big fans of Sleeper. If your league is not using Sleeper, I would ask you why. Make the switch to Sleeper. We are fans, and uh, we haven't found anything better. A lot better than ESPN, right, guys? Oh, yeah. Prefer it to Flea Flicker, too. And we're not being paid to say this. Not yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to be... We're going to be doing just a straight-up Superflex Dynasty with PPR scoring. Rosters are going to be one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, two flex spots, one super flex spot, and then six bench spots. That's going to add up to 15 rounds we're going to try and get through today. Not going to have any trading. This is a mock draft. Uh, so for this draft, uh, we're going to be drafting from the sixth position because we feel like this was an optimal position uh, just in terms of starting your dynasty. So, Trey, why is it that we like position six. What is optimal about drafting the top six spots? So for a super flex dynasty league, we've basically been in agreement throughout the whole divisional previews that there is a top tier of six quarterbacks uh, at the top of this draft board. So the great thing about picking from the six spot is you're guaranteed to get one of those top six quarterbacks, which is great value because it'll set up a, a team, whether they go contender or productive struggle and you decide to trade that you know, super high value asset uh, right away. Now, the flip side of that is, um, you know, we know Christian McCaffrey is probably going to be in that discussion too. So you either get CMC or you get a top quarterback. And John, I know you don't necessarily agree on all of those top six, but um, even then, 
uh, you're, you're getting a premium asset, which will really set up your team well um, from that top six spot. And we may not agree. In fact, I hope we don't agree on most of these <laughs> picks, but we are going to talk it out as we go. We're going to be flexible, and our primary goal is to be a contender year one. Now, my preference would have been to do this draft is a tight end premium draft. Unfortunately, Sleeper doesn't have that functionality within uh, the mock draft settings that they currently have. Uh, but I think that we've all been kind of converting over to Superflex tight end premium. That seems to be the way of the world now. Uh, there's definitely advantages and disadvantages of that format. So, Mitch, do you prefer tight end premium? What do you think about that format? I do prefer it, and I'm gonna I'm going to favor any format that allows the most roster creativity. And I think that's what tight end premium and superflex is really offered, as long as the tight end premium is 0.5 points. So, uh, I think it levels the playing field though between all the positions, and I think it gives everyone at least the most fair shake at a startup. Uh, anything short of doing an auction, of course. But like, I mean, if you look back at the uh, the way we used to play back in the 20th century, we played, you know, redraft regular ass fantasy football with uh, uh, no PPR. And we're just going three running backs off the rip first three rounds and devaluing all those positions. And all of these rules like PPR and uh, quarterback super flex basically added uh, positional scarcity to the quarterback and have really even the playing field. So I think where we are now in time is the the most fair way to creatively create a contender. So that's why I'm all in on the tight end premium Superflex. All right. Good insights there. Uh, we'll see where the tight ends fall, but the way I've been drafting lately, I'm not getting a tight end until like the 10th round. So we'll see how we do today. Maybe y'all can talk me into taking a tight end in non-tight end premium. Are you guys ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, I'm going to start this thing, and what we'll try to do here is we're just, I'm going to just kind of, I might not do it for every round, but I'll tell you which picks have gone. I'll try to give you a sense of who's on the board, and then we're going to talk it out. So before I hit the start button here, guys, what's our general general strategy here? What do we need to do in these first few picks to make sure we are a contender in year one? What's the first, what are the top priorities we need to be considering right now so for me uh with this first pick i think we we definitely should go quarterback we should take advantage of the fact that we got a type a uh, top six uh pick here in this draft and then in the second third round i think we can look at uh getting either a premium running back or one of those top tight ends and our second qb all right mitch any thoughts yeah at pick six i think Definitely the reason that we're picking out of there is because we can land that quarterback. Uh, my only insight would be that uh, in our um, listeners league, I did elect to take Jonathan Taylor above Lamar Jackson. And uh, I think you can still build a contender that way as well. But for the sake of this draft slot, uh, Lamar Jackson or hopefully Herbert or whatever quarterback lands at, at our spot is definitely going to be my target. And the second round, we'll kind of see how it flows. Uh, if our if we like the running back better than the tight end or the uh, wide receiver, we'll see. We'll see which player it is. We'll see how it flows. I like that. Um, and Trey, you have some experience drafting from this position. You were pretty close to this spot in our listener league draft, weren't you? Yeah. So uh, I guess it was a learning moment for me. So I think I was uh, pick seven, and I ended up trading out of one of the top six quarterbacks. What I was actually trying to do was drop down to 11 and get uh, Justin Jefferson, who I thought was the most valuable asset in, in Dynasty. And uh, apparently the guy at 10, uh, a crappy duster, uh, agreed with me. So I got sniped. So uh, I've kind of learned my lesson. I'm not going to get cute. I'm just going to take advantage of uh, the top tier value of uh, one of the quarterbacks here. 
Anyway, so without further ado, here we go. So I'm hitting the start button and we see Mahomes, CMC, Josh Allen, Dalvin Cook, and then Justin Herbert oh, go. Oh my gosh, we were sniped sniped at the very beginning but hey you know what you know what, that's man. okay there is <laughs> there is there is some extreme value on this board let me just tell you the top four according to sleeper adp right now kyler murray lamar jackson saquon barkley jonathan taylor guys this seems like an easy choice we got to go qb or running back here right don't even say or running back just take kyler murray and let's move on i mean there's no there's no question for me kyler murray is uh top two top three and we're getting him at six. Yeah, that's a smash. Trey, what do you think? Absolutely. Uh, so, I, you know, if you talk about that top six uh, quarterbacks, there's kind of a 1A and a 1B tier. And uh, for me, it's Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray in that 1A tier. So the fact that Dalvin Cook and Justin Herbert went is okay with me. Let's get Kyler. And you know what? Every practice mock draft I did, uh, I ended up with Josh. Or J- oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, Justin. Josh Justin Herbert. Her- Josh Herbert. In, by the way, he grew his hair back out, so, you know, his power has returned. But in every single lead-up to this, I took Justin Herbert at pick six. And so now we're in uncharted territory, just like I planned. So I'm going to hit the button here, Kyler Murray. And we're going to see a bunch of picks go off the bar- board here. Uh, we got Lamar Jackson, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor at 10, which seems like extreme value. Uh, then we have Trevor Lawrence, and Dak Prescott goes 12th. That's incredible. Uh, then we have Henry. Tyreek, Chubb, Justin Jefferson falls to uh, the mid of the second round. Joe Burrow, Najee Harris, and then, hey, we're staring at some real good value here. So some good options. Um, My personal preference is to go ahead and go QB, QB. That's the way I like to start my drafts if I can. I like the security of it. If we were going to take another QB here, top of the board is Russell Wilson. Uh, But we don't have to because there's some good value here with A.J. Brown. DK Metcalf, uh, DeAndre Swift would be the next running back off the board. And then, of course, there's Travis Kelsey. So it looks like the world is our oyster. We really have top value at every single position here. Guys, what's your gut telling you here? What should we do? I'm I'm immediately hitting the draft button on Russell Wilson here as well. Uh, quarterbacks are so valuable in Superflex. And having your top two as Russell Wilson and uh, who'd we get? Oh, yeah, that guy, Kyler Kyler Murray. Murray. Yeah, we're setting ourselves up to win this year and next year and the year after that. These quarterbacks are top tier. Like we we can get we can get that running back and wide receiver next round. I there's no question for me. Yeah, and, and just looking through the positions, I think I'm uh, going to agree with you there. Uh, to set up our contender in year one, let's go ahead and, and shore up our super flex quarterback. Uh, I mean, looking at the running backs, as much as I love DeAndre Swift, um, you know, he won't provide that same contender uh, status that Russ will necessarily, uh, especially if you're drafting him here in the middle of the second round. And, um, you know, looking at the receivers, yeah, I like A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf here. But there's going to be some good value later on to, you know, between D-Hop and Ridley. And at the tight end position, I don't think we have to go tight end here. I think we can still get a top four guy in the next round if uh, if we decide to wait. I just wanted to say, I think Russell Wilson is also that last quarterback on that tier. Uh, after him, you have Justin Fields, Trey Lance, uh, Hurts, Rodgers, Watson, Stafford. Like, that's a big teardrop for me. And I guess that's why it's such a slam dunk here for for Russ, because 
like we're still going to get immense value next round. So we've got uh, no other team has a second quarterback. So in, in taking our second quarterback here, we're immediately lowering the value for, of that position for every other team. So we can think about it from that perspective as well. We're getting the top tier, probably the last top tier quarterback. Uh, we're, what we're sacrificing is probably the top tier. Uh, uh, certainly the top tier running backs already gone. Um, we'll probably lose the top tier uh, wide receivers. But I'm going to go ahead and hit the button because it sounds like we are in agreement. And so now we have Kyler Murray. We have Russell Wilson. A.J. Brown's very next pick. Swift is very next pick after that. Kelsey, Diggs, Metcalf, the whole tier is gone because Kittle's gone now. Devontae Adams is gone. <laughs> and so now we're kind of like in the second tier of everything. Uh, Dobbins goes, Ezekiel Elliott, CEH, and we're back on the board. Uh, so we... We still have some value value fall into us here in terms of running backs. We've got Antonio Gibson and Aaron Jones, who I like. Uh, the top wide receivers are DeAndre Hopkins, CeeDee Lamb, uh, Calvin Ridley. Love all them. And then we've got Kyle Pitts kind of staring us in the face as well. So to me, it's kind of a difficult decision here because if we want one of those top four or five tight ends, we may not be able to get it on the next one because Kyle Pitts is going real soon. And I'm guessing that uh, one or two go as well. Um, Antonio Gibson's is what the one that's staring me in the face right now. What do you guys think? I think Trey might disagree with me on this one, but um, I'm I'm Pitts. I'm Team Pitts here. I think that this shores up my my onesies. Right. I have my my tight end and my quarterbacks, and it makes the next picks easier. When I'm looking down to the to the fourth and fifth and sixth round, I can start taking value at the running back and wide receiver position. Uh, Pitts, as I've said before, in Dynasty, if if you if you pick him and he hits, you have a contender for a long time. And if you have those two quarterbacks already, uh, the rest are just filling in the pieces for that contender. But I see what you mean on the running back. Uh, Gibson is definitely uh, one of those one of those top guys that you uh, would want to build a team around here too. So I don't know. I think we're going to be torn on this one. Yeah, so I'm just uh, just thinking about this one too. Um, I am a little bit torn on this because I do uh, have Waller over Pitts, especially for somebody who is trying to contend uh, right off the bat. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like with Pitts, I would want to hedge that with going back to the tight end well uh, later on in the draft. You know, maybe as like one of my first guys off the bench. Uh, I mean, this is not a tight end premium league. This is normal tight end scoring, so maybe we should take that into account. Um, uh, but I, I love the value of Gibson. I think he's also a high-end premium running back who is on verge of a big breakout this year in a bit of a you know Christian McCaffrey role in that uh, Ron Rivera offense. So in terms of running backs here, the top four, according to Sleeper ADP, are Gibson, Aaron Jones, Eckler, Joe Mixon. I think all four of those guys could reasonably be gone on our next pick. So let's just say for a moment we take Gibson here. What's our plan going forward? What should we be targeting with our fourth pick overall? Well, most likely we're not going to get one of the tight ends to fall to us. And But if they do, then I would say, let's do that. So then I'd say we probably would get our first receiver uh, in the next round. And then we can uh, build out the rest of the team around that and kind of uh, capitalize on some uh, good receiver value late in the draft too. And personally, I wouldn't say necessarily a receiver next round. I think the way... The, the way Trey phrased it, one of the tight ends, as in 
Pitts or Waller, we would right. want one of them if they fell. And then I would look at the the top running back versus the top wide receiver that I have on the board and see if that's um, see, see where I feel on both of them. All right. So it sounds like we've reached some consensus here. We're all in agreement. Antonio Gibson here. Yeah, as if you're playing uh, without tight end premium, then Antonio Gibson's absolutely the pick here. Let's do it. It hurts me because I've never gotten a share of Kyle Pitts. Like in any league, <laughs> I've never been in a position to draft him. This is like the first time I've been in position, but uh, Gibson is too good to pass up here. So I'm pressing the button. We've currently got Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Antonio Gibson. We got two QBs and a running back. There goes Waller. Uh, Waller is gone. A whole bunch Pitts. of and Pitts. <laughs> Darn it. A uh, couple of quarterbacks, so we've got another uh, team. That we've got uh, Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance on one team there. That's a pretty good one-two combo. Um, a whole bunch of running backs gone as well. Let me just tell you what some of the top available talent here is. If we're looking at QBs, we've got Jalen Hurts. We've got Aaron Rodgers staring at us here in the fourth round. I think that I'm hearing uh, I'm hearing some mm, echoes. Sounds familiar. It sounds familiar. we got Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, Monty, David Montgomery, Wide receivers, Terry McLaurin is an excellent option. Uh, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, all would be excellent options for our wide receiver one. And then I'm not even going to mention the tight end because the top four are gone and I'm not taking Mark Andrews in the fourth round. So I'm vetoing that, but I could really go any direction here. Um, I think we've got some good options in terms of maybe uh, Terry McLaurin or Joe Mixon, but where are you guys at right now? What's your gut telling you? So personally, I would go Joe Mixon here. I think uh, he has an opportunity to, you know, really live up to the value that you know we all thought he was going to have the last couple seasons. Uh, you know, they've shored up uh, some pieces on that O line, and they've uh, you know got a healthy Burrow coming back for his second year. So, I mean, he's kind of stepping into what used to be the Todd Gurley role in that L.A. Rams offense uh, that they've got going in Cincinnati. So. Uh, we know the talent is there. It's just for whatever reason, because of injuries, it hasn't uh, all happened over a full season. So um, I know Mitch is low on Mixon, so I'll, I won't even push for that too hard. I would be really happy with uh, with McLaurin here, too. I think both of those guys are excellent value in the uh, in the fourth round. Well, I was really hoping we'd be in a spot to take ETN here so that uh, you and Mitch could have it out. Over <laughs> and take ETN, But he went three picks previous. So, Mitch, what are you thinking right now? I... Well, I personally am thinking uh, David Montgomery here. Uh, I know I'm like a little higher than consensus on him, but I'm I'm believing in him, and I think that would shore up our running back situation and let us coast into the wide receiver, follow Trey's wait for wide receiver strap. But at the same time, Terry McLaurin is there. I I love that pick. I'm not personally afraid of taking two players from the same offense like Gibson and McLaurin. That doesn't bother me in the slightest, especially with that offense. I know they're going to be just fucking slinging it and YOLOing it. Like I'm, I'm into that offense. Um, it's, it's tough. <laughs> this is what happens when you draft with your friends. Cause I know Mitch, there's, <laughs> there's no way you're going to go for Mixon. There's no way I'm going to go for Monty. I think uh, what he did last year was just a total outlier. Yeah, I mean, we could just go pooky and call it a day. Nah. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think Javante Williams would likely be back on the turn. Agreed. Uh, I'm crossing my fingers on that. So that's kind of what I'm leaning towards here is maybe taking Terry McLaurin here and then targeting someone like Javante Williams on the way back. Um, but there's no guarantee that he's going to be there. Uh, the other thing we should mention here, and Mitch and I have had this conversation privately 
previously, but I think it's worth having here because the third person on the board right now, according to Sleeper ADP, is Jalen Hurts. And it wouldn't be terrible to take a third quarterback here just from a value standpoint. I'm not sure that's a contender build, but from a value standpoint, having Jalen Hurts as a QB3, uh, that I'm feeling pretty good about that. But Mitch, you kind of told me privately that you're not touching Jalen Hurts right now. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I with listen with everything going on with the with the trade rumors swirling again in Philly like I'm just pumping the brakes because as we as we mentioned he does have the upside of being a top 6 quarterback until all of a sudden like say Deshaun Watson's starting in front of him or say he gets shipped to the Texans or I, who knows I'm just pumping the brakes I I if I'm in a startup I'm probably passing on him like right now um if I'm taking anyone here, if I'm taking a quarterback here, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. I'm certainly not taking Hurts. Um, but I'm just, I'm not as gung-ho as I was because I need more information. I need the dust to settle a little bit. Um, I'm a little nervous on Hurts. Fair enough. So if I'm hearing everyone correctly, consensus here sounds like Terry McLaurin. Does that sound correct? Let's do it. Let's double dip on that Washington offense. Yeah, I will say that. Yes, I. I also want to just throw in though, like you can do the contender build by taking a Rodgers or Hertz here. Um, you would definitely intend to flip them uh, for value because that quarterback value mm. is very, very valuable. And say another, say a quarterback goes down on somebody who thinks that they're going to be a contender. That's when you can trade that piece for like one of their running backs or wide receivers later. I I like that. All right, let's let's take Terry McLaurin here and then cross our fingers about a running back. So here we go. We've currently got Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin. I'm feeling pretty good about that as a contender right now. Whole bunch of guys going off the board. And you know what? Uh, the running backs that have gone, David Montgomery, he went first. Mixon, second. Jacobs, and right at the beginning of the fifth round, Javante Williams. So now we're kind of in a precarious position. We were... Uh, hoping for something to fall to us here. And it's, I'm kind of looking at the board in terms of QBs. Aaron Rodgers is still sitting there, guys. He really is. So is Tannehill, still, still Stafford. Like as a QB three, like that's outstanding value. Uh, running backs, Chris Carson, Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin, not really, not real exciting stuff, but solid running back twos probably. Uh, wide receivers, Chris Godwin sitting there, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk still here. Love all those guys. And then the tight end, we've got Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. Guys, if we don't take a tight end here, I think we're going to have to wait till maybe the 10th round to take one. Uh, so I'm not saying we should because that I, I'm inclined to not take a tight end until the 10th round. But where are we at from a team build position here? What position do we need to secure right now to make sure that we're a contender year one? I think we're pretty flexible right now. I, I think that with the two quarterbacks and with one receiver, one running back. I don't think that forces our hand, although Mark Andrews and Hawk would be good here. There's so much value on the board, right? Like we just talked right. about Rodgers last round and he's here. And I, I guess I'm just going my mind here. That's probably where where I am. Godwin seems great, but I think it's a little too early. I think there's going to be more value on the wide receivers down the road. So I think I'm a pass on wide receiver and i don't know if i can justify carson or hunt here uh or gaskin so trey i don't know where are you at man yeah so i 
I mean, personally, I'm not a huge fan of going for, to the bench with Rodgers, but I do get that it's good value and uh, you're just tr trying to get a tradable asset. Uh, if I was going to go any of the running backs here, I would go for Chris Carson, but I do mm -hmm. think there's similar value uh, that's going to be available in, in later rounds. I'm not really that tempted by the tight ends here either, though I do think TJ Hawkinson is on the verge of a breakout. Um, and yeah, so... I agree with Mitch. We can wait on wide receiver, but I really like T Higgins here. And I don't think he's going to be available with the next pick. And that is a guy who can come in and be uh, a contending piece, but also a super valuable long-term piece uh, for your dynasty roster. And uh, I mean, gosh, getting him here in the middle of the fifth round seems like a uh, good value to me. I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, Mitch, what do you think about T Higgins right now? Oh Yeah. I I think it's too too early just because I think that when I look at the next round here, there's a lot of just really great value. Um, we go down, I see like Claypool, Judy, Deontay, Waddle, Cup, Julio Jones, Sutton. Like I, I don't feel like I'm missing out too much yet. I still stick Rodgers here. John, What I mean, where are you at? It's tough because uh, I do think that if we miss on T. Higgins here, there's a chance he's there on the way back. And if not, I'm seeing guys like Brandon Ayuk, like you said, mm -hmm. uh, Devontae Smith, Chase Claypool. Like, I guess who's the guy instead, though? Like, I, I'm not making a huge case for Rodgers either because I could also justify Tannehill or Stafford here too. So, well, like, in my mind, our last chance to get a legitimate running back to is right now, and that's Chris Carson. Like, am I going to be happy if Miles Gaskin's my running back too? Probably not. Uh, but that's kind of what we're looking at if we don't take a running back here is uh, we're going to get a guy that is like, OK, I'm going to be able to start him every week. But do I feel great about it? Not really. Yeah, John, I like that. I think uh, Carson is uh, he's not a sexy pick, but he is a set it and forget it as a, as a running back, too. So we can shore up a running back spot. We can go for value in the later rounds. Mitch. YOLO. All right. We're going Chris <laughs> Carson. <laughs> it only took us five minutes to decide. Woo. All right, here we go. We got some we got some mini stacks here. We got the mini stack with Russ and Carson, and then we got uh, Gibson and uh, McLaurin, too. So uh, right. we'll just uh, instead of Aaron Rodgers, we'll go and get uh, uh, Ryan Fitzmagic later on. No, we're just going to get to the end of this episode and hit the delete button. <laughs> <laughs> so in turn, we were talking about going. Uh, we were talking about going wide receiver and the wide receivers that are gone now are Chris Godwin, Mari Cooper, uh, Evans. Ayuk went, and so did Smith. And you know what? You know who is sitting there is uh, T. Higgins at near the top of our board. Now, I know that we were discussing taking T. Higgins, and I think that's a really solid pick here, and I think that's basically a smash. But the other player at the top of ADP right now is Ryan Tannehill. And uh, in, just in terms of getting a QB3, I don't think there is anyone you could possibly feel better about having as your QB3 than Steady Eddie, Ryan Tannehill, who is probably a QB one this year. So I'm, I'm leaning towards T Higgins, but I feel like somebody needs to talk me out of taking Ryan Tannehill here. I can't, I could talk you into taking Ryan Tannehill. He, I mean, he's my number 10 quarterback and we have talked about how valuable a quarterback is in Superflex. Think about his worth in a trade versus T Higgins worth in a trade, or say one of our quarterbacks goes down. We got a top, we got a, QB1 that we're plugging in. Uh, I think that's too valuable to pass up here, and I think that we can have somebody fill in the T-Higgs spot later. Yeah. 
I, so I will feel, I mean, of course I love T Hig here. I get what you're saying with the value at quarterback. So I I'm, I'm willing to go along with it. I'll feel a lot better on passing on T Hig here. If some way we can get uh clay pool to fall to us in the next round. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second here. So what we've got our build currently is really, really balanced. We've got the two quarterbacks and Murray and Wilson. We've got the two running backs, Gibson and Carson feeling good about that. We only got one wide receiver with Terry McLaurin. We got no tight ends and Hawkinson and Andrews just went as well. So in terms of where we're going, if we take Tannehill here, what's the plan? Are we just going to like hammer that value at wide receiver, like going until we're not feeling like there's any value anymore? Or what's the long-term play? Are we just done taking running backs? We're definitely going to be done taking quarterbacks. We take Tannehill here. So what's the long-term strategy for the next few rounds? If we take Tannehill here, I think value, I think, Tight end, the only value that I see left that I'd be willing to spend a high pick on would be Fant, which Trey and I are high on. I I know, John, you're not as high on, but admittedly, he is better in tight end premium because he's a catch and yardage guy. Um, But if he's gone next round, I'm probably looking, uh, yeah, probably looking wide receiver. Yeah, the running backs are going to be pretty grim next round. There's a bit of a cliff, isn't there? Uh, Yeah. But you know what? Uh, we've got two running backs that could probably get us to the championship game. I'm thinking uh, that's that's the only thing that's sticking to my right. Like if it was me right now and I'm drafting, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and take Ryan Tannehill. But I always draft for value. This is the first time I've really tried to be a contender year one. So that's the only thing that's sticking out in my mind is like, are we a contender year one if we take three quarterbacks in the first six rounds? And that's a tough question for me. Um, but I think if. We we do get some security there, and we do have a nice little piece. It, and I think, Mitch, you kind of alluded to it. In season, if we want T. Higgins, we can trade Ryan Tannehill for T. Higgins straight up. So in season, no doubt about it. Uh, so I, I'm inclined to... I'm, hit the button. Okay, here we go. All right, I'm going to hit the button. Let's just review where we're at here. We've taken three quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, arguably three tight end one. or sorry, quarterback ones we've taken two running backs gibson and carson and we've taken terry mclaurin so going forward we're probably going to need to get some wide receivers at some point guys uh but let's take a step away from that for a second because now we need to have our mic check halftime halftime (laughs) do we have a phrase for halftime like holy shit it's halftime i think it's mic check Na- Nasty Nos mentioned it's that. It's my uh, first day, guys. Mike Tech. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great, so, John. Keep it up, man. All right. Thanks for the thanks for the emotional support. I appreciate that. So we are going to have halftime today, but we do not have uh, anyone to pick a winner. So I think we're going to do halftime here, and then we're either going to let Twitter decide who the winner is or... When Tarek gets back next week, we'll let him tell us who the winner is. Uh, we'll, we'll see how good this goes, and then we'll make that decision. But <laughs> here's halftime. We're all animal lovers here. No way to misinterpret that. No way at all. If there was one animal that you could magically domesticate, and any animal at all, presumably one that's not already domesticated, not talking about a dog here, what animal would it be and why? Which animal are you going to try to domesticate? And since I'm in charge today... I'm going first (laughs) (laughs) and I'm going to, I am. uh, uh, And since I've been sharing factoids about myself, uh, one thing that people don't know about me is I I live close to Hutto, Texas. 
If you've never been to Hutto, Texas, well, consider yourself lucky. But there's one thing about Hutto that is famous, and that is their mascot, uh, the, the Hutto Hippos. Supposedly in the 20s, the circus came to town and a, a hippo jumped off the train and like it just lived in Hutto <laughs> until like it died. So like it's the mascot of the town is Hutto Hippo. And so if I could domesticate any animal, it's definitely going to be the hippo. Why? These guys, they, they're herbivores. They eat grass. Like, can you imagine it? You would never have to like cut your grass again. Swimming pool, it could just live in there. It doesn't even have to come inside. Like, it's not going to bother you. You just go out there. It's going to trim up your grass. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hang out in the pool. It's great. And you know what? You're not going to need a sec security system because have you ever seen anyone try to fuck with a hippo? <laughs> those, things are, those things are angry animals. Like, you're not going to do it. All right, Trey. What animal are you going to domesticate? Oh man, that's a that's a good pick, dude. It's um, a very serious question. I do you want know you how to much hippo shit, dude? You have to. Do you know how much? Hope you're you not, get a that's, shovel. <laughs> that's goodness. not how halftime works. You're not allowed to argue mine. You're only allowed to argue yours. All right, guys. Picture this. All right, it's this beautiful ocean scene. Sunset coming down over the water, and out of nowhere. <laughs> A giant dolphin <laughs> jumps out. <laughs> and what's that on its head? It's a football helmet. Why? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I think uh I think a dolphin. I live fairly close to the ocean, right? I live in I live in Boston. So I mean the the ocean is only a, a quick drive from my house. And uh yeah, I could go down there and hang out with uh uh young dolph. And, uh, yeah, we could, uh, you know, toss the pigskin around, he could go, uh, fishing for me. It, uh, it's the start of a beautiful friendship. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the, uh, with young Dolph, the domesticated dolphin. That's, that's some beautiful imagery, beautiful <laughs> imagery. I love it. Thank you. Uh, hat tip to, uh, Mitch on the imagery there. <laughs> you only forgot about, uh, just sharing a nice, cool, crisp new England IPA. <laughs> With uh, with uh, young Dolph, dude, that no, would have been I, I the ice do that, man. That's, uh... <laughs> Oh sure, dolphins dolphins don't like IPAs. They don't like that. I apologize. <laughs> uh, I'll just go. John's drinking some Topo Chico. Good choice, by the way. Um, Thank you. So I got a little cat, and uh, he he walks around with me on a leash, and his name is Bear. And you know, it inspired me all of a sudden to uh, to choose a bear yes. because a bear, just like John said. You know, who's going to fuck with a bear? I can walk around with him. He's fuzzy. He's my human blanket pillow. Uh, he's my friend. <laughs> I won't drink a New England IPA with him. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. He'll probably uh, take you for a ride. He'll take me for a ride. Like a furry tractor. I like the one sentence transition. Nobody's going to fuck with a bear, and I'm going to sleep with this bear. I, I'm going to sleep on the bear, not with the bear. That's not what I heard, Mitch. All so right. There we go, John. There we go. We got a hippo, we got a dolphin, and we got a grizzly bear. Yeah, I, I think this is too close to call. I don't. It think is it's, a grizzly bear. It's I don't think grizzly. this is something we should decide. I think we should let Twitter and right. Tarek decide. We'll we'll post it, all right. Then you y'all let us know. Let, let the people important. decide, and let's move on. <laughs> all right, well, I think we ought to get back into it here. We got second half here. We got some more picks. We we're through six picks. We want to try and make it through fifteen. I think this is the part of the draft where things start going a little bit faster. We've got a plan. We've seen uh, what we've done, and now we're going to try and just execute the plan that we've come up with. So I'm going to go ahead and restart this draft. We are up again, and it looks oh. like 
it looks like there was a run on wide receivers. Wouldn't you know it? We decided to not take a wide receiver. We went with quarterback instead, and there were uh, Deontay Johnson, T. Higgins, Kenny Galladay, Jerry Judy, Corton Sutton, Robert Woods, Jalen Waddle, and Chase Claypool. So basically every guy we were targeting. But I do think, based on the board here, we've got two really good options. I'm seeing Noah Fant at the top of the board here. And in terms of wide receivers, Cooper Cup, Julio Jones, these are two guys that I'm feeling pretty good about in my wide receiver two spot. Um, just so you know, running backs are Miles Gaskin, James Robinson, Trey Sermon. And uh, I'm not even going to tell you the quarterbacks because we already got three of them. We're not going to talk about them. Uh, Trey, what's jumping out at you here? Man, well, I hate that uh, Claypool went, and I really hate that Cortland Sutton went too, because uh, that would have been great value here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. Uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, Cooper Cup and Julio Jones are uh, still on the board here, and I think uh, you can't go wrong with either of them. Uh, Julio Jones, I do think, is going to outscore Cup this year. Uh, so if you want to go super short term, we could do that. Uh, but Cup, I think, does have a little bit more dynasty value since he's. Uh, a few years younger than uh, than Julio is, four years younger. So um, I like Cup because uh, you're getting like the second Ram off the board. Robert Woods is already gone. And uh, yeah, I mean, for a contender, I like him a little bit more than Fant uh, just because, you know, there's a big question mark about who's going to be running that offense. And, um, you know, what will it be Drew Locke? Will it be Teddy? So um, as much as I do like Fant, uh, I think we can continue to punt on tight end and go with uh, with Cooper Cup here. Well, you're not going to get any arguments from me on that one. What do you think, Mitch? Yeah, I, I would consider Fant, but ultimately I like the value of Cooper Cup here as well. Um, Julio Jones, there is a good argument for it, definitely. I just, uh, the four years is a big enough difference for me to take Cooper Cup over Julio Jones. I think there's a big enough gap there. Um, I, Julio Jones may outscore him, but... I don't think that difference is going to really matter too much when uh, Cooper Cup's still playing football in three years and Julio Jones isn't. I like it. I'm not sure we talked about it last week, but the Cam Akers injury perhaps, perhaps increases the value of guys like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. So I'm thinking it's really good value here in the middle of the seventh round to go ahead and take Cooper Cup. So I'm pressing the button. We're doing it. Let's go. Bam. Whole bunch of wide receivers are going. Oh, Juju's gone. Jones. Uh, we got Tyler Lockett, Trey Sermon, Bateman, Thielen, DJ Chark. Noah Fant's gone now. Uh, unfortunately, we just missed it. And then Tom Brady. So what do we got? <laughs> Dallas Goddard's the top of the board in terms of ADP right now. Uh, <laughs> Mitch, are you seeing I'll, what I'm seeing, man? Are you seeing LaVisca Chanel? We're slamming the Visca. Oh, John, John, you uh, cannot John, stop us. Come on, man. Join us. You join cannot us. stop us. Visca as wide receiver three in the eighth round. Give that to me all day. Oh, I love, love, love that we can get a Visca share here as the best receiver still on the board. You know, he's going to be filling the flex for us, right? So, right. oh, yeah. You know, I and mean, I, and I actually am comfortable taking him here. If you had said to me, we're taking Odell Beckham here, who is the next wide receiver on the board, I'd say hell no. But in terms of our wide receiver three and the pure upside of Chenault, which I've always agreed on, uh, I think this is a good play here. Now, if DJ Chark was still on the board, uh, you'd have a harder time convincing me, but he he just went three picks prior. So I think we're right. I think we're taking LaVisca here as our wide receiver three in the eighth round. I, I've done a few startups lately and. Visca's been, Visca has his fans, 
I will throw I, I will throw one one thing into the equation. Uh, yeah. We did hear today too that our president Carter did run with the first teamers. We we getting uh, a little excited to maybe jump the gun and go get him here. There is no so, way I take Michael <laughs> Carter over Lavisca Chanel, man. Absolutely no, I don't either. I, I, I'm with you. I just wanted to throw it in there, man. <laughs> and I I do think Carter is an excellent running back three, but just in terms of ADP, I think we've got a much better chance of getting Carter on the turn than Lavisca. So my mentality here is get the guy that we know will not be back on the way back. So I think it's got to be Visca, and then let's revisit Michael Carter in just a moment. So, who do we have? Just as a reminder, we've now got three wide receivers. We've got Chenault, Cup, McLaurin. I'm feeling really good about that group. Oh, I love that group. We've still got oh, yes. Gibson and Carson as our two running backs. And, of course, we still have three, uh, the best, easily the best QB group in the entire league here with Murray, Wilson, and Tannehill. We have no tight end. Uh, so, Michael Carter will not be on our team because he just went. <laughs> and so did Dallas Goddard. Uh, so we're kind of getting down to the doldrums of the tight ends here. Chase Edmonds gone. So is Ronald Jones Davis. Uh, he would have been an excellent running back three as well. And then of course, Melvin Gordon, uh, Debo Samuel's gone. And so does Odell Beckham. So they left a lot of wide receivers for us here. Um, in terms of value on the board, I'm seeing some quarterbacks, which are Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, and Sam Darnold, which would all be good value here in the ninth round. Um, Mike Kosicki is here in the ninth round and for in terms of running backs we're we got damian harris and leonard fournette who are not bad options for uh running back three and in terms of wide receivers uh this would be our wide receiver four michael Pittman, tyler boyd rondale moore and oh elijah moore and curtis samuel so y'all are very high on elijah moore i am very high on curtis samuel uh i would be inclined to take curtis samuel here myself but that would be going against adp he's got an adp of 113 and elijah moore has an adp of 112 they're right next to each other i feel like there's a play here where we could take one of them here and maybe get the other one on the turn mitch what's your gut telling you right now well if we were going to do that we would have to take the risk on elijah first and then curtis second for sure elijah has been getting a lot of talk during camp i'm a big elijah fan and I've seen him go as early as the eighth or ninth round, and we're sitting here in the middle of the ninth round. I don't think there's any way that he's going to make it to the tenth in really anybody's um, startup draft. So if we want him, our time is now. If we want Curtis Samuel, then I think that it's best off that we wait. Or if we are in an actual draft, at least trade back. Right, and I should note that Curtis Samuel has started the season on POP. P-U-P, pup. Uh, but today, Ron Rivera said he has no concerns about the timeline on that. This is just more of a taking it slow approach with Curtis Samuel. He fully expects him to make a full recovery. So just throwing that out there. So but Trey, Trey, what are you thinking yeah. right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I am a little bit scared by uh, Curtis Samuel missing time with the groin injury this early in camp, uh, uh, partly because he is changing teams and going um, you know, from Carolina up to Washington. Uh, just to point out here, this is would actually be rounding out the starting roster if we hadn't already filled out our bench depth with uh, Ryan Tannehill. So what we're still looking at here for our starters is our tight end and our second flex position here. So um, looking at the players on the board, I do like uh, the idea of going for Elijah Moore here. I think he's my favorite receiver uh, that's left uh, like him. And of course I like Terrace Marshall, but he should be around later. 
Um, we're also in the territory we, where we could think about double dipping at tight end. Uh, maybe we get somebody like Gusecki and Tunyon or Tunyon and Janu, uh, just to give ourselves uh, some options if uh, one of those guys breaks out. Um, and I do, you know, at the running back position, you really can't go wrong between A.J. Dillon and Damian Harris here either. Both of those guys are going to have, well, A.J. Dillon uh, is going to have some good standalone value backing up Aaron uh, Jones. And uh, Damian Harris looks like he's about to be the lead guy in New England. So a lot of good value here. If I had to choose one, probably go with the rookie receiver, probably go with Elijah. What do you say to that, Mitch? I I agree. I do. Um, the only the only thing that I would hold back from is that that would be our fourth receiver, and the the running back cliff is upon us. As in, these young running backs are AJ Dillon, Damian Harris, and well, that's pretty much it. Everything else beyond that is going to be Leonard Fournette, Mostert, Connor, Drake, and you know, David Johnson, things that that guys that I don't really feel confident uh, filling in like a RB2 role. So. So who do you like more for your startup? You like Dylan or you like Harris? Because I think Harris gives us more value for a contender, but I think Dylan's got more upside. Right. And if we're going contender and we're going running back three, I think I like Harris here. And uh, I mean, if it were me picking, though, I think I like the Elijah Moore pick the most just as that wide receiver four that could become a wide receiver two towards the end of the year, um, you know, if his potential is realized. So it sounds like we're between Damian Harris and Elijah Moore. And uh, I'm, I'm honestly torn. I, I, I hate running backs and I would always lean towards the wide receiver option here. So I think I'm leaning towards Elijah Moore here in the ninth round. All right. All right let's do it. That's uh, three of us. Yeah. All right, that's consensus. Bam, we got it. All right, so we got our four wide receivers, and I'm not going to talk you through every pick that's gone, but I'll just say that Irv Smith, Gasicki, and Hunter Henry are now off the board, as is Curtis Samuel. He was never going to fall to us. Why did I even kid myself about that? (laughs) So we don't have to worry about taking him, but uh, only a few running backs went. A.J. Dillon, Leonard Fournette, and Zach Moss, which means uh, in addition to... uh, us getting Elijah Moore, we can get our other pick, which was Damian Harris. And that seems like the easy solution here. Our guy fell to us. Is there any objection to us taking him here in the 10th round? Tunyon would be the... So, like, Aaron Rodgers is back. (laughs) (laughs) He is back. That's true. Well, it's also just because there was a run on tight ends. There were three tight ends that just went, Irv Smith, Gusecki, and Hunter Henry. So they're now we're looking at, okay, what's going to happen with our, our tight end room? So... I like the idea of getting Tunyon, and then we can go back and get Johnny or Komet or Troutman later. Yeah, I'm there. I think that run scares me a little bit, and we need to fill in that spot. Like I said, Tunyon has his boy. He's got Rodgers back, so that that's going to at least increase his value this year, and that's what we're looking for this year is winning a championship. Okay, so it sounds like uh, Big Bob Tunyon's where we're going. Is that correct? Let's the do it. Tunyon night. Okay, we got our first tight end. As predicted in the 10th round. I was jokingly saying that earlier, but here we are. Uh, Jarvis Landry's gone. Damian Harris is gone. Mostert's gone. Uh, Terrace Marshall, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, and of course, James Conner, who I was hoping would fall to us, who now hasn't. So let's just recap where we're at from a roster standpoint. We now have a tight end. We have a starting lineup. 
We have four wide receivers. We have two running backs. We have three quarterbacks. Guys, if we don't get a running back here, I think we're in a lot of trouble. Um, we've got on the board, Kenyon Drake, Tony Pollard, Kenneth Gainwell, Devin Singletary. Are any of these guys moving the needle for you here? Well, it's never going to feel good to draft Kenyon Drake, but I think Kenyon Drake's going to get more more fantasy points than people are giving him credit for this year. I think he's going to get a good opportunity um, rushing, but also receiving some some balls. It's really everybody's worry is what happens after this year, I think. So uh, don't love the pick, but as far as the wide receivers on the board, too. We're looking at Jalen Rager, Corey Davis, Henry Ruggs, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Kadarius Tony at the top of ADP well, for wide receivers yeah, right now. That's true. I mean, do you think Darnell Mooney and Mike Williams will still be there when we come back around? Because I think what we're looking at is I like Mooney and I like Williams. They'll probably be there next round. I'm walking out of this room if we draft Mike Williams. <laughs> well, you don't like. Well, what about Mooney? Oh, that's fine. Because if we go Mooney now, then there's some good tight end depth, and then we're just totally punting on the running back position. If, but the if thing we is, we draft is... Mike Williams in the 15th round. I'm quitting. <laughs> <laughs> we're almost there. <laughs> oh man, it would have been nice if Will Fuller had made it to us. He went right before us. But look, guys, I mean, we passed on, we took Tannehill and, you know, we went deep at quarterback, which means we're going shallow at running back. So right. I think it's okay. Our build isn't completely messed up here. So I like the upside of Mooney, um, you know, especially now that Miller's gone, right? So right. clear cut uh, opportunity there for him with a, an upgrade at quarterback. And I think we can finish up the uh, the tight end room with the next round. What do you say, Matt? Shoot for the moon with Mooney? You hate Drake that much? Not his music, but his, uh, his football abilities. No, no, it works both ways. I mean, what's the upside with Drake? Drake's upside is uh, a flex fill-in, you know, in the bye weeks. And uh, I think Mooney potentially could step in to be an every week uh, wide receiver in a year from now. Uh, agreed, but he's not only a flex fill-in, he's a running back fill-in in case we need that, which we may very well need only having two running backs on there. We have to start Yeah, but, two we, but we have depth at Tannehill, so you can you can... You, we drafted Tannehill as a trade piece, and if we need to trade for a running back, then we're in a position to do that. I agree with that. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, listen, like I'm not on the you should draft Kenyon Drake team, nor do I want to advise somebody to do that. But somebody is going to draft him, and there is a time and place, and I wouldn't hate it right here. But shoot for the moon. That's fine. Yeah. All right. We're shooting for the Darnell Mooney. So let me <laughs> click that button. Well, and you guys are going to like this, too, because there's a little bit of uh, an arbitrage opportunity down the board if you scroll down on the running backs. All right, all right, let's get there. So speaking of running backs, Singletary's gone, Pollard is gone, Kenyon Drake is gone. Oh, no, Cole Komet's gone. Oh don't worry, God. dude. Uh, Trey, uh, Trey just brought this up. Uh, I don't think Sleeper has realized maybe they've been sleeping, and we certainly were sleeping because uh, Daryl Henderson is still on the board, and... Uh, Oh, we might as well just go ahead and hit the draft button there. Right. So let's talk about Daryl Henderson. So where is a reason? Let's just say that Sleeper ADP maybe hasn't caught up to that news just yet. And here we are in the 12th round, which does seem like it's a little low. Like, where would be a reasonable place for him to go, you think? I'm thinking maybe like a 10th round. He should be going in the same range as Ronald Jones and Michael Carter. Like, absolutely right. uh, two yeah. or three rounds before this. So it'd be kind of cheap for us to take him here. I'm... <laughs> Um, but you know, I don't know if you guys want to do it. I'm, I'm no, for, it. for the sake of, he won't be there. He won't right. be there. I don't think that it's fair for us to take him there. It's, 
let's pretend somebody else was smart in this room. Let's say uh, Tarek was here or something, you know. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and just pretend like he's off the board because okay. he doesn't really belong with the rest of the guys that he's around. So what do you guys think about, we got Johnu and we got Adam Troutman uh, still available. Uh, I Personally, I'd probably go Johnu. I would yeah, go Johnu 100% here. I definitely would have smashed Cole Komet here. Um, I think Johnu's the best option. I would hear arguments for Gronk as well, since we're trying to win year one. Um, and just because we don't know how it's going to shake out with Johnu and Hunter Henry, but he doesn't have to be our tight end one. So if he's not going to be the guy, it's not the end of the world because we still have an investment in Tunyon. So if it's Johnny that y'all want, I ain't going to stop you. I, you know what, man, I, I'll go ahead and say it. I think Johnny is going to have a, a hell of a year. I, I do think in tight end premium as well, that he's going to be the more, the higher scoring tight end there, just because I think he's going to get more receptions and I, I I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling the Johnny fever. Uh, somebody check my, check my temperature. Between him and Tunyon, I think we will find a starting tight end. You know, we got to play one of them. So here we go. <laughs> 12th round. We now have two tight ends in Tunyon and Smith. We're still sitting on four wide receivers and two running backs and, of course, three uh, quarterbacks. So we've got Fryermuth off the board, Gainwell off the board, Hines, Gus Edwards, Chuba Hubbard, Troutman's gone, Higby's gone, Devontae Parker's gone. Kadarius Tony, we're kind of getting down to the doldrums here, guys. Um, we've got three picks left. In these last three picks, what do we need to do to shore up our roster? Just in terms of construction build, we still only have two uh, running backs, but I think we're probably committed to either trading our 2020, uh, 2022 first to get one at some point during the season, or maybe flipping one of these three quarterbacks to try and get one in like a package or something. So I don't think we necessarily have to pick uh, a running back here if we're committed to getting one at some point during the season. Uh, but we probably, uh, gosh, I'm, it's just like we're staring at all these quarterbacks at the top of ADP. Sam Darnold's still there. Derek Carr's still there. Jared Goff is still there. Jameis Winston. They're all at the top of ADP. What? I don't even know what to do here, guys. What? what what's the play? You know, at this stage in the draft, we have to be going for league winning upside, right? Because if if they don't work out, it's fine. They're just a depth piece. But if they do hit uh, for whatever reason, because of an injury or just because, you know, they take the next step in their career, um, I mean, that's what I'm, I'm looking for here. So there's, I think, an argument to be made for Jameis uh, stepping into the quarterback uh, one position there in, uh, in New Orleans. I mean, uh, he, I think we all agree, is a more capable thrower than Taysom Hill. So if he wins the job and is the every week starter, then he's going to be way way more valuable than his uh uh draft position here in the 13th round not to mention he would be our quarterback four so he would be literally drafting to trade and or i mean hell or to trade russell wilson or something like that and just win the league and then also stockpile like future draft picks so Honestly, that kind of value, you're not going to find that in really any other player or that kind of potential value. Uh, the only other player that I would see um, in kind of the same vein here is uh, Antonio Brown. Mm -hmm. um, Antonio Brown is still Antonio Brown last time I checked, even though he's, you know, figured out his helmet situation. <laughs> I I think that he's still playing with Tom Brady last time I checked, too. Yeah, so he's... 
he could still actually be a top 20 wide receiver. And we're talking about what round? Uh, the, we're 13th? the 13th round yeah. here. Yeah. So, like, our, our wide receivers are Darnell Mooney and Elijah Moore uh, behind Cooper Cup, Visca, and Terry McLaurin. So there's a very reasonable chance that Antonio Brown would see the field on this roster. Yeah, he's he's a startable guy for sure. So, yeah, I don't know, Trey. What do you think? I th- I think the ceiling is a little bit higher for Jameis as like a low end quarterback one than it is for Antonio Brown necessarily, just because he is going to be sharing the field with uh, Godwin and Evans. So I would lean Jameis just for that reason. Okay, well, gosh, I guess I have a decision to make here because uh, I, I I would be inclined to take Jameis and Antonio Brown here. Um, I think it makes sense for this team. Just to go, Antonio Brown. Uh, we our three quarterbacks are so strong. Like I, I, I know that like my philosophy of like drafting to trade is not necessarily for everyone, but that would be my intentions if I took Winston here. Definitely, it's just right. it's just about the value at this point. So like I mean I if if this were me drafting in real life right now I would take Jameis. I I just think for team structure wise I would take. Uh, Antonio Brown for the uh, sake of this exercise. So right. we're trying really to win, way. trying to year win year one. Having Antonio Brown at the bottom of your roster is not a terrible option. So that's what I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cast the deciding vote, and we're gonna take Antonio Brown here. All right. And we're getting to down to the last two picks, and it's very possible Jameis will still be there. Yeah. Right. Well, let's find out. So uh, these other guys are not interested in these quarterbacks. They got their two quarterbacks, and they're just done. They're not going to take any more. And Jameis is sitting there at round 14. Do it. Let's go. Yeah, I'm not even going to think about it. We're taking Jameis Winston as our fourth quarterback. And, hey, maybe if he hits, money in the bank, right? Okay, we got one pick, guys. We got This is the last pick of our draft. I And I feel like we've got... A championship build here looking over the available players is there one guy that's jumping out at you that says yep that's a guy that can make or break our championship season and the answer for me i have two of them um and i want to hear y'all i want to hear what y'all think as well i think marvin jones could be extreme value here in the 15th round i see scenarios where dj chark doesn't work out marvin jones is the potentially the guy but we already have lavisca chanel so maybe not uh, the other guy I really like the upside for is Brian Edwards to take a big step in year two. And I think here in the 15th round, 15th round, that's a that's a risk I'm willing to take with Brian Edwards. Um, if he doesn't work out, hey, I've got a bunch of other uh, wide receivers. But what I think he could be, uh, he could be one of our top three wide receivers on this roster. So if I was going to pick a guy right here on pure upside, it would be Brian Edwards uh, to win us a championship. Uh, do you guys have a guy? Let's do it. We we could go we could go running back handcuff here, and there's like three or four guys that I like as handcuffs, but uh, I like Brian Edwards as our last pick. Oh wait, hold on. No, I want to make a case here. I okay. I think that Gerald Everett Gerald Everett is my guy here. Look, we we're weak at tight end. Uh, Tunyon and Janu, like sure, I definitely think that we might get a starter out of that. But if Gerald Everett hits, John, the question you asked is if there's one guy late that could make or break our league, like, dude, what if this guy hits in Seattle? What if, like, they actually utilize him in, like, what if Pete Carroll is actually not full of shit? And <laughs> and this this actually works. Like, this could make or break your league, and we're low at tight end already. I feel like, why not at this point? It does work with our Russ and our Chris Carson stack. 
I do like the stack. Triple stack with chi, baby. All right, let's do it. Why not? Stacking it up. Okay, so the draft is over, and our team, now that it's complete, is Kyler Murray, Antonio Gibson, Chris Carson, Terry McLaurin, Cooper Cup, Robert Tunyon, LaVisca Chenault, Elijah Moore, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Darnell Mooney, Jonu Smith, Antonio Brown, Jameis Winston, and Gerald Everett. Guys, is this a championship contender or what? I, I would prefer this team to some of the teams that I currently have. <laughs> I mean, this team is very strong at the quarterback position. And if we can, I think there's enough value here between Tannehill and Jameis uh, that we can make some moves to really push us over the edge. Uh, if I was looking to make a move immediately, uh, maybe we would try to upgrade on Elijah Moore, get somebody with a little bit of rookie fever. Uh, we can get maybe like a top end receiver in there. Um, well, with Gibson and Carson, you know, I think we're set at running back and um, we could even look at upgrading the tight end position. But I kind of like the the three dart throw approach between uh, Tanya and Johnu and uh, Everett, too. So let's reflect on that a little bit. So we made some choices with going three quarterbacks, which meant that we had to kind of sacrifice the running back position. And of course, we've got three dart throws at tight end as a result as well. In seeing how the mock draft went, would we revisit that strategy? That was kind of like that critical point. We took Ryan Tannehill as our QB3. How are we still, based on what we're seeing now, do we still feel like that was a solid decision at the time? Although quarterbacks did drop in this draft, I still think that Tannehill is that that tier ending quarterback, like that top, uh, that second tier quarterback. And so, yeah, I am through the moon having him as my third quarterback. I think that value is being understated. Like uh, he can fill in and still be a quarterback one or we can flip him. It's the perfect situation. Yeah, I don't think that the quarterback position ever gets any cheaper than in the startup for a super flex. Yeah, we'll put we'll be able to flip them for sure. Let's uh, let's hear what Twitter has to say. Yeah, uh, we I will go ahead and post the draft board. So feel free to check it out. Flame us. Tell us we're great. Tell me how many championships I'm going to win in the next five years. It's probably five. Uh, <laughs> let's just say that uh, we're missing a big part of the team here. Uh, Tarek, we miss you. We're looking forward to having you back next week. So, guys, any parting thoughts before we uh, end the show here? Yeah, man. Hope you have a f- safe flight back home to Boston, Tarek. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This was fun. I enjoyed it. So, uh, I guess we'll see you all next week. And uh, adios. Peace. Later on. Later on.